there and welcome to Brain for Business, your podcast for all things brain, behavioral and organizational sciences. It's great to have you with us. As always, to listen back to past episodes, make sure to check out our website, brainforbusiness.ie, and feel free to drop us a note via the website with any comments, feedback, or even questions that you might have. I am delighted to be joined today on the Brain for Business podcast by Professor Brett Crane. Brett Crane is an Associate Professor of Leadership at the John M. Huntsman School of Business and the Executive Director of the Stephen R. Covey Leadership Center at Utah State University. Brett's research focuses on leadership as a respected authority and researcher on topics related to leadership, management, and organizational behavior. Brett has published numerous articles across a variety of journals, including Journal of Business Ethics, Journal of World Business, Business and Society, and Human Resource Development Review. Before joining the faculty at the Huntsman School of Business, he was a visiting professor at the George Washington School of Business in Washington, D.C. As a consultant, Brett works with organizations to improve their leadership teams, organizations, and culture. Brett's clients have included American Express, Honda, Lowe's, General Mills, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Biogen, USAA, and others. Brett, welcome to Brain for Business. Lori, thank you for having me today. It's a delight to be with you. And I love the uh, the vibrato of your voice. It, it, it certainly has, you have the voice for podcasts. <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, hopefully I live, live up to that. I feel a bit croaky today, but that's, that's a different story. So tell me, why do people struggle when they transition from being an individual contributor to a leader or manager for the first time? Well, it's a fascinating question, and many people do. Uh, there's some research that shows that about 60% of new managers fail within the first a couple of years. And uh, it's one of the things that intrigues me about it. It's, it's a very difficult transition for people to jump from individual contributor to manager. Uh, I think one of the reasons why they struggle is because nothing fails like success. Uh, what's helped you succeed up until this point as an individual contributor is not going to be what helps you uh, succeed going forward. Uh, up until now, uh, when, as an individual contributor, uh, it's been about your performance, your learning, your results. Uh, as a manager, your focus needs to shift from uh, the contribution of your own to the contribution, success, learning, and results of your team. And that's a fundamental mindset shift. It's, it's less about uh, your success and more about the success of your team and your organization. Many people struggle with making that fundamental shift. How then traditionally have organizations tried to support their future or incoming leaders to, to, to make that transition? Are there specific things that they have done that have been perhaps successful or, or possibly even less successful? Well, I think uh, this is a growing area of, of, of concern. Many man, uh, organizations that focus on leadership development are the same organizations that readily recognize that they're not doing an effective job in developing leaders. Uh, and so a lot of people are, are curious about this question. I think uh, one of the reasons why um, leadership programs, traditional leadership programs fail is because they generally have assumptions uh, that they base their, their structure and organizational uh, uh, training around. And that is uh, the first assumption is that individual contributors are automatically qualified to be good candidates for management. 
Uh, just because you're the, the most phenomenal salesperson doesn't mean you're going to be a great person at managing uh, salespeople. Just because you're an excellent engineer, uh, an excellent problem solver, doesn't mean you're going to be an excellent manager of engineers. But unfortunately, people look for indications of competence uh, that would translate to management, and they look for individual measures of success. And those that assumption of someone who's an individual contributor becoming a great manager is a flawed assumption. The other assumption uh, that I think uh, informs how organizations structure their training is that they focus on skill set development. Uh, skill set development uh, can be useful. So there are areas where managers need to learn how to develop skills and planning and budgeting and providing feedback. Uh, but uh, without addressing mindset, uh, uh, they, uh, it's limited in their reach and helping, uh, helping managers ultimately become successful in their roles. As you were talking there and discussing those skill set areas, it sounded almost as though organizations are traditionally good when they think about leadership development at focusing on the, the management, the, the, the planning, leading, organizing, controlling, the traditional aspect, as opposed to more the, the, the leadership elements. Is that a fair assessment of what you're saying? I think so. I think uh, the management skills are more discrete, more finite. Uh, it's about controlling, reinforcing. It's about efficiency. Uh, it's about uh, getting, uh, you know, uh, controlling things. Uh, but when you uh, manage people, then when it's about leading, inspiring, motivating people, it's harder to uh, teach someone a skill. Uh, it's more fundamental in who you are, how you see the world, how you make sense of the world that enables you to ultimately be able to motivate, inspire, and lead people to extraordinary results. Does that then suggest, and, and without wanting to digress too far, that not only because of those assumptions you mentioned and that focus on skills that you mentioned, are organizations simply doing it wrong, but actually there, there's possibly an alternative pathway that should be developed, which is actually more about developing leaders versus developing individual contributors from the very beginning uh, when people enter an organization. Yeah, I think uh, individual leaders and management are both areas that are needed in organizations. Uh, recent research has showed uh, that we actually overemphasize leadership uh, over management when management sometimes is needed for what the task is required. Uh, I think there needs to be some rebalancing, not only in, in our valuation of the role of leadership and management, it's symbiotic. The, we, uh, we, we need leaders who are capable, managers who are capable of, of both. And so we need leadership and development programs who focus on both. You mentioned there the, the idea of developing a leadership mindset. And, and I'm conscious that uh, in, in recent papers, you've written extensively about that. Could you maybe tell us what, what is a leadership mindset? Yeah, so uh, a mindset uh, is a specific, recognizable, and repeatable orientation in what a person experiences. Think about a mindset as a mental lens through which you process and make sense of the world. And so uh, Carol Dweck uh, is one that has elevated the mindset, uh, fixed mindset and growth mindset. So if you receive really hard feedback uh, from a manager, from a peer, 
and uh, and you have a growth mindset, you see that feedback as an opportunity to grow and develop. If you have a fixed mindset, you see that uh, feedback as something that threatens you. Uh, and so uh, how you see the world, that lens through which you see the world helps you to make sense of and process what you experience firsthand. And so uh, uh, when you think about leadership mindset, it's kind of having an, an operating system for leadership. You know, if, if you pull out any type of device, computer, the phone you have in your pocket, you know, how important is the operating system uh, for, that, for that phone? Uh, it, it controls the functionality, it controls the output of that. It's, it's fundamental to the functionality of that device. And so when you think about a mindset, uh, it, it, it operates in the same way. It's the operating system for how you process, make sense of, and, uh, and make decisions relative to what you're experiencing firsthand. And uh, leadership mindset, there's been a lot of research that looks at different aspects, different mindsets, and this is a growing area. Uh, so uh, there, there are just a few uh, that, that uh, are, are ones that um, um, have received a lot of uh, interest. One of those is an outward versus an inward mindset. So inward mindset is one where you're focused on your growth, your success. Um, an outward mindset uh, sees work and sees your work as a manager as promoting the growth and success of other people. And so how you fundamentally see your work, that mindset influences how you manage people, how you interact with them, how you communicate, how you fundamentally treat them. And, and so uh, it becomes uh, this operating system for your daily interactions uh, with the people that you lead and manage. So in, in that sense, am I right in thinking that it's similar to how a leader perceives and understands their role as a leader? You know, my job as a leader to do X and it's not to do Y, it's to develop people or it's to deliver on tasks or whatever it might be. Yeah, I think that's another way of thinking about it. It can be another way to think about it is your theory of leadership. So what, what is effective leadership in your mind? If you had to describe to someone what leadership requires in the workplace for, for you to be successful, management requires, how would you describe it? And those words would indicate your mindset uh, towards leadership. It also uh, is reflective of how what incentives exist within the organization. Uh, so there are incentives that may uh, may uh, guide you to focus on uh, and prioritize one thing over another. If if uh, you you have personal goals, and that's one of the things why it's difficult to to uh, to translate from a contributor to a manager because you have individual goals that uh, are required of you uh, that you're measured against every year. Those change when you become a manager to collective goals that you're that uh, you're you're required uh, to execute against. And so there's some incentives that come to play that that help you to, uh, to 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 think about your leadership in different ways. Are there also other factors such as, for example, organizational culture or national culture or or I guess individual priorities? You know, what is important to to you as a as an individual and what you want to achieve for yourself? Absolutely. A uh, great example of this is uh, Satya Nadella, uh, who joined Microsoft when they were struggling. And uh, he realized that, that the culture there uh, was fiercely competitive. They hired the smartest people. They rewarded the smartest people. And, and that was a great position in the marketplace 
when you had uh, a dominant role in technology and uh, you didn't have competitors who were threatening you. So it was about execution, about preserving that dominant role. When competitors started to threaten, that's when market share uh, waned uh, within Microsoft. And, and Satya Nadella saw a fundamental need for culture to change in order for them to evolve. And so famously, uh, he, he called himself the chief cultural uh, operator. And he changed the fundamental mindset from know-it-alls to learn-it-alls. Uh, it was less about being smart and proving yourself a performance mindset to a growth mindset, to a, to a learning goal mindset where uh, it's okay to collaborate. It's okay to admit that you don't know the answer. It's okay uh, for us to get better together and really synergize as a team because that's the only way that we're going to innovate uh, and and adapt and and the su the success that's ensued has been remarkable, but uh, it can the mindset can come from the very top and here's our cultural emphasis here's how we need to shift and that that's how it, uh, this is how it translates to individuals and their approach to their work. And it's uh, an example that I've read about before. I know there there have been uh, a number of uh, number of articles in Harvard Business Review and elsewhere regarding that, that Microsoft. I don't want to say experiment, but but experience and and how how it seems to have worked out. Beyond that, chief executive uh, or chief cultural operator uh, role modeling and, and and setting the tone. How can organizations better develop a, a leadership mindset amongst both their their current and I guess also future leaders? Yeah, I think uh, it comes down to what what do you want to accomplish? So in, in the case of, of Satya Nadella, he saw a fundamental need in, in a change of culture. Uh, in other organizations, it may be a very specific need relative to opening communication or collaboration. Uh, there was uh, you know, one uh, organization who was struggling with getting a voice from each of their, uh, each of their employees. Uh, the, the performance was poor, uh, leaders and, and, uh, and their teammates were not talking, and they were putting their teammates in potentially risky positions. They simply orchestrated a, uh, an intervention where leaders and employees were given tokens to voice their concerns. And these tokens were then deposited in various bins, and the bins went to uh, contributions to charity. So they had this little incentive uh, that that uh, helped them, encourage them to overcome some of the uh, traditional concerns with voicing uh, their opinion. And that broke down uh, those, those barriers and opened up lines of communication. So in that case, it was a focus on how do we get better at identifying risks in the business? How do we improve communication between leaders and employees? And what's a simple intervention that we could do uh, to uh, to achieve that? I think part of it is looking at the need in the organization, what's not being done. And rather than uh, you know, pushing a specific skill set or training or a talking point, getting to the fundamental mindset that is driving that behavior. What's underpinning how people are acting in conspicuous ways or in, in ways that are contrary to what we're trying to achieve. Uh, and then in that, understanding that mindset, then coming up with a targeted training or intervention that allows you to address that specific mindset. So from what you're saying, it's it's multifaceted in terms of leadership, in terms of mindset, in terms of culture, uh, and also, I guess, the climate within an organization as it's trying to, to shift the way it views things. 
That, that's absolutely uh, correct. It, it is a very complex thing, and that's why uh, it, it takes some reflection and understanding uh, what are the key assumptions? How are we operating today? What, what's the difference between where we're at today, where we want to be in the future? What's preventing us from achieving that? And how might mindsets play a role in, in, in doing so? And then how do we come about this culturally with incentives, with, uh, with uh, how we uh, select managers to occupy these roles in the future, uh, who we promote and train and, and, and reward? Uh, but it is a multifaceted process in, in, in developing and encouraging uh, the the you know the most effective mindsets for your organization. I'm conscious as, as we've been talking, we sort of lumped together, you know, or I have anyway, current and 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 future leaders. But is there a difference between how first time managers should be developed in order to to be effective leaders and and to to grow with that that effective leader mindset? compared to more experienced managers and leaders within organizations? Uh, yes, absolutely. That's a great point. I, um, there's been some research that, uh, that others have looked at in this area. And, and certainly there, you, 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 there's a different mi mindset that's required for someone who's a CEO or in the C-suite as compared to someone who's just starting off uh, in a management role. Um, and, and, and so McKinsey and others have looked at the different mindsets that are required for uh, a CEO, uh, thinking about the global constellations of understanding stakeholder management. There's a different mindset that's required when you think about an ecosystem that you operate in as a CEO than someone who is a manager that's focused on more discrete tasks and more discrete uh, um, requirements in the organization. Uh, when you think about uh, new managers coming in, one of the I think one of the most important pieces of work uh, is the fundamental state of leadership that uh, Bob Quinn out of the University of Michigan uh, has looked at, and and he looks at a competing mindset that has essentially four different aspects to it. Uh, there is a uh, a learning aspect to it, so great leaders have uh, the ability to adapt to change to grow uh, and that leads to at the team level, the encouragement of psychological safety where your team can take risks, learn, grow and develop. The other one is around an outward mindset or empathy. Now being able to see uh, through the lens of other people that really fosters deep connection with individuals. Uh, you don't lead, you can't uh, take charge of people or take care of people unless you know what their needs are. And so empathy fosters that deep level uh, of understanding of what their needs are so that you can deliver uh, as a manager. And then uh, authenticity. So being your authentic self, understanding what your values are is a mindset. You know, how do I live my values when I go into work uh, today? Uh, when I'm faced with an ethical dec decision, what's my most important value and how can I use that as a compass to guide me through making this decision? And then finally drive. Uh, their leaders are full, have, have a mindset towards purpose. And that purpose fuels them and that colors everything they do. And, and great leaders help instill that purpose in the organization and the teams that they follow. People don't care what you do. They care why you do it. And so giving that person uh, uh, understanding or your team an understanding of your deepest motivations can be contagious, can, can help other people get excited about the work that you do. Now, any one of those four mindsets uh, taken to an extreme can be a weakness. 
But if you take those four mindsets uh, and and balance them uh, in, in kind of uh, information balancing uh, perspective, you'll be able to uh, operate at your highest level. When you think about leaders who've had great influence, they've operated with this mindset, uh, both to have a purpose, to have it make about other people, to both be learning and also be authentic at the same time. Uh, and, and, and so new managers can start with this fundamental state of leadership that gives them I think really uh, a, a great start in developing uh, a managerial a leadership mindset that will help them and their teams be successful. Interesting points there. And, and I'm curious, particularly regarding two, two elements you, you mentioned on, on the one hand that the purpose, because I know for myself, there are certain sectors, certain industries that I have no interest in working for because their purpose doesn't necessarily align with with, with my purpose as, as I perceive it. So, you know, something like tobacco, for example, I've got no interest in working for a tobacco company. But then I guess that also goes into the authenticity element, which is the second piece linked to, to, to values and and how values play out. And I, and I always have that concern with, with authenticity as a concept. And I, I understand the, the, the key elements of it, or at least I feel I do, that I can be authentic, but I can also be authentically pre a pretty awful person, or I can authentically be a, a wonderful person, depending on on how I might be. Do, do you understand what, what I'm kind of getting into there? I think authentic uh, can be misconstrued in in a number of ways, and and I, and I would agree. People can use authenticity for doing uh, all sorts of things that that aren't human, uh, you know, that that aren't their best selves, uh, and so. I think when, one of the things that I do when I work with leaders uh, and others and helping them develop their authenticity is I take them through a values exercise. And the values exercise lists a lot of different values, and they essentially whittle them down into their top five values. And uh, they create um, uh, you know, a phrase that, that uh, makes it an action. So to, to, uh, to foster happiness or to uh, unleash creativity or to uh, grow other people, whatever it might be. And, and I take some time and I have them share their values with other people. Uh, and, and never have I heard someone say, that's the most idiotic value I've ever heard. I, I, I can't believe you chose that value. I, I think one of the things that, uh, that allows us to do when we reflect on our most important values is to understand our best selves and our, our, our ideals when we create values. And, and, and research shows that we share these values across countries, across cultures, across nations, the value of benevolence, taking care of each other, the value of autonomy, making choices. And when people live these values, these commonly held values, uh, they inspire other people to do the same. Uh, and they also uh, help people understand that you're trustworthy because you have a value I see in you a value that I also value. It, it may not be number five on my list. It may be number eight, but it's still something that I recognize as, as an ideal uh, for, for human behavior, for human flourishing. So I, I think we, we, we don't fully appreciate the power that comes when we prioritize our values. That gives us clarity about our best selves and how we, how we can act. Uh, and no one ever came up with a value that says disrespectful of people or uh, being toxic at work, uh, th those values don't ever rise uh, 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 to the top. We may act in that way, 
and excuse it as authenticity, but I don't think we're acting with our highest values when we do those things. And I guess if we were, or not not we uh, ourselves, obviously, but if a leader were to go in that direction, then you're probably talking more about you know narcissistic behaviors or, or sociopathic behaviors that we, we've talked about separately on 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 the podcast. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's fair. It doesn't doesn't say it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen, right? There are there are um, lots of leaders that act in maladaptive ways uh, that that uh, and 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 we know from research uh, that they can rise to the top based on uh, their narcissistic behaviors. But what they do is they fail to empower and grow their team, uh, which ultimately limits uh, their influence. And on that point, you mentioned the work of Bob Quinn there. I'm also reminded of the uh, the work of Fred Luthens and his dichotomy between successful and, and effective managers and the successful ones being the ones who move quite quickly within organizations upwards, but don't always develop and nurture their people compared to the effective managers who may don't maybe don't move that quickly at all, but they do really nurture their 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 people. And is that too much of a stretch? No, I I, I definitely see uh, the similarity there. And, and the phrase uh, comes to mind: if you want to go fast, go alone; if you want to go far, go together. And uh, you know, uh, certainly uh, coming full circle to the mindset, it's about an outward mindset where management is not about you uh, and, 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 and perhaps if management is about you, you shouldn't be a manager. Uh, but if management is about growing and, and developing uh, those and empowering those to be around you, ultimately your team's gonna be more successful and you'll be more successful as a manager. Again, that's why I think people fail. They may shift through management positions quickly because they take the praise. Uh, it's about them and their success. Uh, but over time, uh, the law of the harvest plays out, and and where you plant, where you uh, where you cultivate, uh, is where you're going to sow. And if 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 you're really focused on investing in people and and developing them, uh, you're building an ecosystem that allow your team to be successful and your organization to be successful much more than if you just focused on your own individual success. That makes sense. If if you were um, contacted by by a manager or by a leader. Who is looking for you know maybe three pieces of advice on, on how they can develop a, a, a leadership mindset for themselves? Are there, are there any particular things that you can point them towards? Yeah, so I, I think there are um, a number of things that that, uh, that we could point you to. Uh, there are a, a number of assessments out there. Uh, Ryan Godfordson, uh, who wrote a book called Success Mindsets, uh, has a free assessment that helps you to understand what your current mindset is. So uh, the beginning of all knowledge, uh, as Aristotle said, is, is, self, uh, is, is self-knowledge. So beginning with where you are today uh, is, is, is the most important, uh, I, I think, advice that I can give you to start off with. And then secondly is to uh, begin with the end in mind, to start with the end in mind. So what is it ultimately that you're trying to accomplish? Uh, are you trying to better empower your, uh, your employees? Are you trying to unleash greater creativity? Are you trying to execute at a higher level? What is missing in your uh, repertoire uh, or your team? Uh, and so uh, given that, then start to focus on uh, the mindset that'll allow you to be able to do that. What is your paradigm today that's preventing you from, from seeing the world in this way, acting in this way, and interacting with other people in this way? And then how might you uh, adopt a mindset or a fundamental belief that would change and lead to the actions that you hope for. This new 
script, this new repertoire of behavior that would then enable the results that you desire. So I, I would encourage a very customized approach that begins uh, with self-awareness. And I guess lastly, if uh, if any listeners wanted to find out more about your own research, Brett, is there anywhere in particular they can go? Yeah, uh, so they can go to my uh, bio at, uh, at Utah State University at the Huntsman School and, and see uh, where my publications uh, are. Uh, I also recommend uh, uh, one of my articles in Business Horizon uh, based on uh, manager mindsets, why organizational training and, and leadership and management fails and what to do about it uh, for some additional detail. I also have an article uh, that is in the final stages of, of Harvard Business Review. Uh, so that that should be forthcoming uh, in the next few months. Uh, so uh, be, stay tuned for that. That sounds great. And I'll make sure to put some links both to your uh, Utah State University website and also the Business Horizons article in the, the show notes. Professor Brett Crane of Utah State University, thank you very much for your time. It's been great speaking to you. Gloria, thank you for your time. It's been a delight being with you.